Hello and welcome to another episode of the Academics Podcast. I'm your host, Justin D. Barnett, and today's episode features Lisa Solomon. Lisa is the CEO and founder of Athenium Collective. She's also an industry veteran with over two decades of experience at companies like AOL, Microsoft Advertising, NBC Universal, Think LA, and more. As I mentioned before, she is currently the CEO and founder of Athenium Collective. Athenium Collective offers a customizable professional learning experience designed to enhance your education and career development. Whether you're at the point of entry, looking to advance in your career, or change career paths, they are a collaborative marketplace of highly reputable thought leaders in marketing, advertising, media, and emerging technologies who are dedicated to empowering individuals and companies to grow by sharing their knowledge. They believe that in order to thrive, it is essential that we continually learn, grow, and share our knowledge and experience so that we may all thrive together. More simply put, Athenium Collective is an alternative learning program that offers a kind of masterclass learning session for anyone interested in any of the services they offer. This is a really good episode. We cover a wide range of things, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Lisa Solomon from Athenium Collective. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is Lisa Solomon. She's the CEO and founder of Athenium Collective. Lisa, thank you so much for joining the show. How are you? I'm great, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get into your newest venture, Athenium Collective, um, I want to talk about your long career in advertising. Uh, what has your journey been like thus far? Um, well, it has been a long career, and it's interesting because um, I've been in the advertising, marketing, and media business for over almost two decades. Um, so it has been a long time and it's been really fascinating to see how much advertising and marketing has changed because, you know, it's all digital. The world revolves around platforms that didn't even exist when I first started my career after college. So when I first started, you know, we didn't even have, the internet was just happening. Um, so it's been really fascinating to see how technology can completely change everything in terms of how we communicate um, and how we communicate our products and our businesses, which ultimately that's what marketing is. Marketing and advertising is the ability to, you know, create awareness and build a brand and get customers. And um, it's been really fascinating to see how technology has completely changed that customer journey. So my career really has kind of grown and evolved as the world has changed. Um, when I first started in advertising, you know, it was the very beginning of dial. Up. And I knew immediately when the, you know, sort of the internet came into being that this was the future and I had to be a part of it. Um, so I actually started out thinking I wanted to be in the entertainment industry only to realize that that just did not suit my personality. If you, you know, it was very much a business where you were always trying to figure out what's the next TV show you're going to be on, the next movies you're going to be on. It was not something that was, you have a job, you go there every day, you know, what's kind of expected of you. I felt like the entertainment industry couldn't offer me that. And that's the kind of person I am. I, I like some level of control and routine. And um, so I started out working in TV research, uh, television uh, syndication. Um, and then, as I mentioned, the internet came into being and I was like, okay, this is where I need to be. And I, I wasn't sure what that meant at the time. So I started out just helping people figure out, do you need a website? 
And that then became, okay, we have all these websites. How do we advertise on them? And I started working for a firm that actually repped websites. And we sold the very beginning what were like banner ad. And at the time, you know, we didn't even know what a banner ad was. And that evolved into being the first person hired at Microsoft to sell advertising for MSN. Um, And then that grew into from selling to agencies, brands directly, um, all the way to uh, eventually I had a team of 100 people that I managed. And um, we were at that time, I think, selling a half a billion dollars in uh, advertising. So it was just, you know, that was a big part of my career. I think Microsoft, because I was there for 12 years, I think it was an incredible experience. Uh, And then that journey took me to other places, some startups. And then I was at NBC Universal for five years. Again, same thing, selling advertising. And uh, but there it was much more about video because we saw the rise of what is now sort of the streaming people not watching television, you know, at a particular time, they're wa- they're downloading it, watching it on demand whenever they wanted. And then we also did a lot of really, really cool brand integrations with big TV shows. And so I was involved on the digital side of television. And that was really fun as well. So it's been, you know, it's been an amazing, really amazing ride of just doing so many different things. And what I think is probably the best industry, which is advertising. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that, you know, you were you were around in the beginning when, when, when things started moving digitally. At what point did you see a complete shift of like agency focus just being strictly digital? Like, was, was there a little, um, you know, pushback from the industry or a little denial? Uh, at the very, oh my gosh. So the very beginning, we actually had organization called the SIA, the Society for Internet Advancement. And it was all of both agency and people who sold to agency. So like in marketing and advertising, there are the brands who are, you'd be kind of client side. And then you have your agencies who help you know, create the campaigns and execute and create the creative and all the things that go into it. But then there's a whole nother part of the business, which is the part where I was in, which is we are the we're the solutions to where am I going to place that ad? Where am I going to what technology am I going to use to track that ad? And so there's what we call media sales. And that was the part of the business where I was always in, I would work with both the brands and the agencies to come up with ideas to help them figure out how to find their customers and how to get their ads in front of the right people at the right time. Um, And luckily, I was at places like an NBC Universal and a Microsoft that had a lot of opportunities and a lot of places to reach those people. So now I forgot what your question was. Um, It was just, uh, was there any pushback from the industry? Oh, yeah. Okay. So in terms of pushback, I would say probably the first 10 years of my career was all about convincing people that you can advertise, that you can reach customers online. Now, the method of doing that changed. You know, first it was, okay, banner ad, then it was text links, then it was search, then it was video, then it was programmatic. So 
how you did it might have changed. Um, and those were different levels of convincing. But the very beginning was just to convince people that digital matters. That And now today, I think you don't even have to convince. Everyone knows that. I think advertising, I don't even think you would, you don't even have to call it digital anymore. Now it's just advertising and it's the different platforms are going to provide a different way of reaching that customer. But it's all advertising. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, you have a very, very um, storied past and we're actually going to touch a little bit more on it later, but can we, let's talk a little bit about Athenium Collective and, you know, what the program is and what you offer. So, yeah, so I, you know, being in this business for a very long time and trying to keep track of technology, the changes that are happening all the time, it's really overwhelming. And whether you're on the buying side, the selling side, you know, you're a creative, you're an account person, you're in media, you know, whatever it happens to be, it's getting more and more complicated, I think, to keep track of all the different ways to reach a customer. And one of the things that I started to see was that a lot of I would I would meet with a lot of people, you know, who had just gotten out of college, trying to figure out what they wanted to do. A lot of times didn't really understand all the different parts of advertising and marketing and even media. And so one thing I noticed is that when they would go to an advertising agency, or even to a media company, they often didn't understand how to do the actual work involved, right? They understood at a higher level, but they didn't necessarily know the skills to do certain things. And I remember when somebody would send me the training would be a bunch of PowerPoints, and they were supposed to look through it and figure it out. And I thought, okay, I don't understand how you could just look at that and know what you're supposed to do. Not that it's not interesting information, but it doesn't teach you how to do things. And so I also saw at the same time, you know, even when I wanted to learn something, I could find people who could tell me, you know, like kind of that more of a lecture, but they didn't always tell me how to do, to do whatever was, you know, if, if you're telling me I need to create a scope of work, right? What does that mean? What does that look like? You know, if I had to write an agency POV or a POV on something, oh, how do you write a POV? What does that look like? What are the steps? What questions should I be asking myself? All of those kind of things I felt were really missing. So that was one thing I was seeing. But I was also seeing on the other side that there are so many amazing professionals who have so much institutional knowledge. I was like, what if I could take all of this amazing information that people have, all of this expertise, all of these skills and create a way to harness that, right? So that we could teach other people what they know. Um, and so I was like, it's kind of like the idea of crowdsourcing knowledge. And so when this was all I was thinking of all this masterclass had happened. And you could see that there was all these famous people who would talk about and teach you <clears throat> different courses on things that were really interesting. The way they did it was in these bite sized lessons. So it wasn't like I had to sit there for two hours, I could take it, you know, one a little chunk at a time. And I thought, okay, this is super cool. And I remember taking a course from Thomas Keller on cooking. And he was very specific about how you, for example, make egg, scrambling egg, right? Everyone knows how to scramble eggs. I can watch a YouTube video on how to scramble eggs. I could, 
you know, read a recipe on how to scramble eggs. But his point of view on scrambling eggs was very specific. And if you did it his way, your eggs were going to come out better. And I thought, hmm, you know what? You can, let's say you had to write a creative brief. There's, you could go on YouTube and figure that out, or you can read an article. But what if you learned it from somebody who had a really unique way of doing it or had so much experience and learned all the ins and outs of the best ways to do it? That's valuable information. And so I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to create the masterclass for advertising marketing and media. And so at the name collective was born on that principle of teaching people real skills. Like what do I need to know? Why do I need to know it? And how do I do it? So if you're going to tell me I need to do something, I want you to show me how to do it. And I want there to be a template, you know, give me a template to show me what it should look like and and a blank one so I can do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that you had a huge network from, you know, your years in the industry and these are the people who are instructing these courses. Um, can we talk a little bit about the, the class instructors and, and who else is involved in your program? Yeah. Um, so you're right. It, it definitely started as who in my network a wants to teach because there's a lot of people who have great information, but they don't either have the time or inclination and who it takes time to get out of somebody's head what they know. And it's so fascinating because so many people will think, well, wait, what do I know? And then when you kind of go through all of the things that they do daily that they don't even pay attention to what they do, but they know it so well, and you break down the steps of how you actually do some of the things you do, you know, that takes time. So for my first course, I did it with Paul Centello. Paul is uh, an executive. He's been an executive at many different ad agencies, but he's also been on the sales side as well. And I love his point of view because he understands it as both the buyer and the seller. So the first course we did was for media sales. Um, So people who uh, sell at different, you know, you could be a publisher, you could be an ad tech seller, but you're going in and meeting with clients and agencies and you're providing solutions for them. So he did a really cool course on just how to win more business, like the things to do and the things not to do. Um, And then I have a course with Don Lupo, who is now the executive director of Think LA. Um, And Think LA, for people who don't know, is the local, basically, advertising club here in Los Angeles. And he did a a course on digital production uh, process and profitability. And so what's interesting about that is that, you know, when you're creating a campaign, whether it's a website or a banner ad campaign, a lot of times people will create scopes of works. They will create estimated budgets. They will create these amazing campaigns, but they will not plan it effectively. So in the end, they've created a campaign that loses money. They're not profitable. They're not, they're promising too much and they're not able to deliver it. So it gives you really all of the steps to think about so that you can actually make money if you're going to do these campaigns. Uh, And then we did a cannabis master course with um, Jim Bodino. Now this one took like a long, time to create because Jim has a full-time job. He works at Mary Jane Media, or he did at the time. And he had an engineering background because he was a marketer at Toyota and decided to go into the cannabis industry, which I think is only going to continue to grow as it becomes illegal in more states and potentially federally legal. But anyway, he did an amazing course on everything you could possibly think about when it comes to cannabis. Because if you're going to market something that has to do with this plant that 
you know, is pretty complex, you need to understand the plant. You need to understand cannabinoids and terpenes and all the things that go into it. So the first part of the course is really about the plant itself and all the things you need to know in order to be in a business that's, you know, federally illegal. Um, and then the second part of the course is really all about cannabis branding and marketing, which has got its own rules and regulations, again, because it's federally illegal. Um, and then I did a course on the fundamentals of media planning, uh, which is fascinating. If you have, a, if you, if you don't know much about media and media planning, it's excellent. It goes through everything from the client brief to creating an RFP to putting together a plan and knowing who within an agency you need to be working with and all the sort of steps around that. And then those were the ones that I've actually created my, you know, and produced, but I also partnered with a woman, Susanna Yee, who already had a course for influencer marketing. And so with her, she had an amazing course already done and I just added her to our collective. So in some cases I will go out and with my network, create courses. In other cases, I will bring courses that are already done. And um, now it's been really interesting because people are coming to me with ideas for courses. And where maybe I didn't know them before, I'm being introduced to them through people in my network. And more and more people want to teach courses because they realize, A, they have something they want to give back. And it's a great way to build your own brand as well. So, I mean, when I, when I first uh, heard about the program and looked into it, I, I, I automatically was just interested because it seems like it's an alternative to college. And I know there are many people who see college as the only way of getting an education. For me, this seems like a little bit more of an efficient way to, you know, narrow your focus if you're into a specific, you know, type of department within advertising. Um, so I think my biggest question initially was, okay, I know college is expensive and comparing it with doing a program like this, you know, what, what are the fees a program like this as opposed to? Uh, going to a university and, and majoring in an advertising program. So the, the way I've done it is I, if you offer something for free, people never do it. Yeah. So there is, but the way I started it, cause I only have, you know, five courses right now. I have about five more that should be done in the next few months. So that'll be 10. I've done it basically on a per course. So each course is like, you know, it depends. It's like $149, some are $399, but that you get the course and you have lifetime access to it. Plus, you get the resource guide and you get um, access to those uh, experts and become part of this community. So, I mean, I don't, I've never thought of it as a alternative to college. I mean, I think that in any college is, is an opportunity to kind of learn how to learn. But I mean, when I went to college, I didn't use anything when I got out of college. But I had a lot of fun. Um, so I think it depends on where you went to college. I went to UC Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I've talked to, I've actually had this conversation with HR directors who have many have said that, especially on the creative side of advertising, if you're creative, you're creative. I don't know that college is going to, I mean, I don't think it's the only way that you can get a job. I think there's a lot of options, but I do think being able to know how to do real skills will only help you. And I see this as an opportunity for anybody in advertising, marketing, and media who either want to add more to the repertoire of things that they know. So for example, here I was in media sales. Honestly, I didn't know how you created a media plan. I never worked at an ad agency. 
you know, I didn't know the ins and outs of it. How awesome would it have been had I taken that course? It would have completely changed how I, well, not completely, but it would have added to how I, how I would approach an agency and who I would approach an agency, you know, within an agency, understanding the difference between the account person and the strategy person and the, you know, the research team. I think it just, you know, it's, it can help anybody depending on where you are in your career. It can also mean maybe I've been in one side of the business and I want to maybe move to another side. So this could give me skills um, and insights that I didn't have before. Um, so, I mean, I really feel like it can be for people anywhere within their career if they're interested mm-hmm. in just having a growth mindset and wanting to always learn something new. Yeah, I think that, you know, for me, that's, that's also, you know, just what's most fascinating about it. I, don't, I didn't mean it in a sense of it's only an alternative for college, but I do understand that a lot of people do not have the ability or the resources or the funds to go to college and they still want to find a way into the industry or learn more about the industry. And this is a way to kind of take that step and, and, and get some extra knowledge on the side. But it can also be used as, you know, skill enhancement for people who are already working professionals or maybe people who want to switch departments and aren't happy where they're at. So yeah, this is this is very uh, multi-dimensional in how you approach it. So another question is: um, Are there any type of is there any type of certification that that comes with the completion of this program? So we do have uh, badges, like badges of completion, that we give to people. We haven't quite certified yet. I think that's something we're definitely going to do as we have. For example, we could do a certification in media because we will have media planning, media math, media buying, like we'll have a variety of different courses specific to one area that could then be certified. But again, it really depends on who's the certification coming from. Um, But yeah, it's something that we're definitely going to work on, but we are doing badges and we're working a lot with, you know, uh, corporate companies as well as big organizations um, to make that add those courses to maybe organizations who already have a certification so we could add our courses to that so that it could be something that uh they could use uh, to enhance their own program um so we're yeah i think those are all things that we're working on and that will definitely be something that will be available got it and for if for anyone listening who is now like okay i need to look into this what what are what are the, what's the first step you can take to um get more information on the program We'll definitely go to atheniumcollective.com, um, and that's A-T-H-E-N-E-U-M collective.com. And uh, for those people who are listening who are students, um, please feel free to use the uh, coupon POWERUP20 uh, for a 20% discount. Um, and we'd love to have, you know, as many people as possible come and check out the courses um if you have questions you can always reach out to um support at athenium collective and we will atheniumcollective.com and we will definitely help them and uh we're on social media i do um power up conversations thursdays at 12 30 you can see some of the ones i've had in the past where we go on instagram live and I talk to different people from all kinds of different parts of the um, industry. Uh, so if people are interested, they can follow us and check out those as well. And I do have a YouTube channel 
and Facebook and all the rest. So for those listening who didn't catch that, I'll actually put the Power Up 20 code um, in the show notes for you to oh, uh, reference. And I do encourage everyone to to follow Lisa and her company on social on Instagram because uh, she she's very active and she posts really good content and will definitely keep you up to date on everything new with Athenium Collective. But as I said before, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about um, you know your career in the past. So your resume is very impressive. You worked at some notable companies, NBC Universal, Microsoft, AOL, and you basically worked mostly on the client side. But I know you spent a lot of time working with Think LA at the same time. So I'm sure you were fit. You, you came face to face with plenty of people from the agency side of advertising. So, you know, what, what's, the di- what's the biggest difference in working client side and agency side from your perspective? So, you know, it's interesting because as I mentioned, um, I, I, I think it really depends on what, what are your strengths? What do you ultimately want to do? If you want to to try and figure out where you fit within sort of the advertising business. You know, I obviously think going to an ad agency is an amazing way to understand how it all works because they sit in the middle between the client and all those third parties that are going to be the solutions that you're going to use. So that's the the publishers and the social media companies and the ad tech companies and the programmatic companies and the all what they call vendors. So that's an interesting, that's a great place to learn. And then you get to know sort of the client side of the business. I think though also that, you know, the third party side of the business is an interesting way to learn as well. So, you know, working at the Facebooks and the Snapchats and the every company that has you know it could be a vice it could be you know a viacom and nbc um any of those amazon even has a, a an ad sale sort of part of their business so i think that's always an option as well and that's something that people don't always think about and they don't know about so um i'd highly highly recommend networking going out and being a part of the Think LA's, um, they have student memberships. It's a great way to meet different people who are in different parts of the business because it's so much more complex than just the client and the agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think, you know, going out and building a network and people are always happy to have conversations. I personally love having conversations with people, sharing what I know, Um you know, people are always welcome to reach out to me. I'd be happy to have conversations with people, just give them different ideas of possibilities within the industry. And I know other people are as well. So every city, by the way, has a Think LA. Um, So, you know, I know this is probably mostly people in the Los Angeles area that go to local schools, but if they're not, you can find your local um, ad club or interactive marketing association. Um, and that's one of the best ways to network and to meet people and find out what jobs are out there. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and I I second that because, um, you know, I recently graduated and during my senior year, I decided to actually join Think LA, which was kind of early for me to do it, but I saw a benefit in kind of building a network while I was in school. And that actually benefited because it, it helped me actually book guests for this podcast. It helped me get some one-on-ones with some people. It helped me get some great advice. And I got to go into different agencies and see what they were like while while still trying to figure out the, where I wanted to go within the industry. So um, yeah, Think LA and programs like that are definitely can definitely be beneficial for anyone in any space within this industry. So I definitely agree to that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this industry, 
industry is so has so much potential. It is so dynamic. I think it's so exciting. Like I absolutely love being a part of something that is constantly changing. And technology is such a huge part of advertising and marketing and media because consumer behavior has changed so much. While the principles that you learn in college and those theories and all of that definitely help the hands-on ability to create um, and communicate with customers for to achieve a goal and be super creative about it is amazing. Yeah, and I think also the people just in this industry are very multi-dimensional and and very um talented and i find that you know working alongside so so many different people are working with people and getting to know people um that's definitely a a bonus for me too is i'm just always entertained by the people who who i find within this industry um that's awesome what did you major in advertising and public relations oh okay and why did you choose advertising versus public relations i had experience in and social media marketing and i was um, I'm more, I think of myself more on the creative side of things and creating things. I also had started a business prior to it and I had some experience with, with direct marketing. I'm more so gravitated towards that for that reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not necessarily uh, getting the story out, but kind of creating the story. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so you've had a, a long career as we've mentioned. What, what has been your motivation through the years to keep going and like keep challenging yourself and keep giving yourself new things to accomplish like Athenium? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think for me, I grew up in a really small town and I, I worked really hard to leave that town and go to college. So I've always had this ambition to be the best that I can be. Like I've always wanted to be successful and have goals and do all the things that I needed to do to hit those goals. You know, I, I consider myself like a doer. Like I like to get stuff done and I really spend a lot of time thinking about, okay, what can I do that moves myself forward? And I take that when I think about my career, it was always about what, can I do to move myself forward, whether it's in the job that I have that then became the career that I have and how can I learn more? And for me, learning is both, you know, obviously taking courses, reading, but meeting people, connecting with people, finding out different things from different people. Like I get a lot of my energy from that. And then that has been something that's really the people in this business are amazing. And I just, I feel so fortunate to have so many great friends really from this who have helped me. And when I think about different jobs that I've been in and different places that I've worked, so much of that is about the people. And, you know, I think that's what motivates me is being a part of an industry where the people are amazing Um, where it's super creative, where it's always changing, where it's really innovative. It's an exciting industry. And I, I just, I want more people to be involved in it. Yeah. Speaking of always changing, you know, we're obviously going through a weird time right now with, with COVID and everything else happening in society. Um, How do you see this, this uh, point in time? Like, how do you see it altering or changing 
the advertising industry moving forward? Well, I think advertising and marketing is always aligned to consumer behavior, to the behavior of a customer, right? Because our job, our our goal is to introduce people to our brand, our product, our service, have them get to know what we do, why it can help them, like what are their benefits, and ultimately create a relationship with them. Um, and that changes so much when the dynamic of how that customer, you know, is interacting, whether it's with like now everything's sort of online, you kind of have to rethink how you, you know, if I have a retail store, how does that change how I am going to connect with people? Like it's all driven by the consumer behavior. And I think we just have to figure out what, what part of that consumer behavior is like temporary, right? Because there's only so many things we can do right now. But what if it is going to become permanent? And, you know, there are people who are really great at figuring out trends, um, you know, reading a lot about the research that's happening right now, you know, following different companies who have a point of view, I think is really important. But it's like anything, it's all going to be dependent on what changes are going to are being made and what's going to continue to be made. And that is going to definitely affect how you approach your advertising and marketing. What exactly that is, I think, you know, other than, I think, I don't know all of the different ways it's going to be in the future, but right now, I mean, it's obvious that we have to spend a lot of time creating this connection virtually. So are there any resources like publications, podcasts, websites, newsletters, et cetera, that you paid attention to in your career to kind of help you stay up to date on, you know, industry trends and things happening? Absolutely. Um, So I highly recommend one of my favorite newsletters is the Daily Carnage. And it's so good. I really like that. I do also do a lot of the um, smart briefs. I think McKinsey has a really good one um, and they do a lot of really great information on kind of what's, it's more like what's coming up and the implications, like they have a whole thing right now on COVID-19 implications for your business, which you were just kind of asking about how that, what is that, how is that going to affect? So I think McKinsey has some really good ones. I like that. Um, I also like following Scott Galloway. He's uh, at Prof Galloway. Um, So he has a really good uh, no mercy, no malice newsletter. Always interesting stuff. He does a podcast with um, Kara Swisher. Um, I think it's Pivot. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I like that one a lot. I listen to them a lot. I also um, like to get the uh, different smart briefs. um, And those are from... There's a bunch of them. There, there, there's smart brief on social. There's smart brief on sales. There's smart brief on you know everything you can possibly think of. And so if you go to uh, just put in smart brief, uh, you'll see the different ones that you can. Uh, they have over 200 free industry newsletters. And what I like about it is it's a it's a roundup of a lot of different points of view, not just their own. So that just makes it super easy to find whatever you need to find. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I do get the ANA uh, Smart Brief as well. So that's the Association of National Advertisers. Mm-hmm. Um, those are good ones as well. And then when it comes to podcasts, I love podcasts. There's so many great ones. Um, and I think it really just kind of depends on, you know, if you want marketing or do you want business so i definitely like the um 
masters of scale, I think there's always really, really interesting information that they have. Um, do you ever listen to that one? No, actually, I haven't, but I will look into it because I'm a huge podcaster too. Okay, Masters of Scales by Reed Hoffman. He's the um, he's amazing, and and the way he does it, that he always tells really interesting stories. So I really, really like that. I also, yeah, Pivot. I highly recommend. So good. And then what else do I like? There's also the CMO podcast. I think that one's real. That one's got some good stuff. And the Prof G show. That's Scott Galloway. Oh my God, he's so interesting. I am following these as you say them. <laughs> Those are the ones that are really more marketing, but I'm also a really big proponent on just your mindset. Like, I think that's really, really important. And when I was deciding to create this business, there were some, there were probably four <clears throat> podcasts that really helped me decide just to get right and like, what do I think and, and how much understanding and self-awareness is going to make a big difference in how you approach everything. And I wish when I was younger, I had known about these kind of things because I think it would completely have changed some of the ways I approach my career. Mm -hmm. And one of them is um, the life coach school by Brooke Castillo. She's amazing. I also like gold digger. I don't know if you've ever heard of the gold digger podcast and goal is G O A L. That's mm -hmm. Jenna Kutcher marketing made easy uh, with Amy Porterfield. Amazing. And I really, really, really like um, primal potential, which is a woman, Elizabeth Benton. And well, her stuff started off very nutrition. It's really about goals and how do you reach the goals? How do you set the goals? How do you become aware? How do you, you know, really spend time thinking about what you think about and how you, if you ever want to change your life, you have to change your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating. What about books? Are you a reader? I love to read. I'm interested. What, what are, who are some of your favorite authors uh, in the business space, marketing? Okay, in the business space. So um, I really think this book uh, called Seeking Wisdom from Darwin to Munger is really, really interesting. Every chapter is like a very interesting sort of philosophy on and 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 wisdom. It's real. That one is really good. Um, you know, there's a book from Rashad Tabakawala called Restoring the Soul of Business. He's really good. Mm. Highly recommend that. Um, I think Brene Brown is amazing. I don't know if you. She does like a lot of books on like daring greatly. I'm walking around my room seeing the ones I like. The Four Hour Work Week, Tim Ferriss. Yes. yes. He has a great podcast also. Yes, he does. Definitely. You know what's really good I'm reading right now? It's called Game Changers. Yes, Game Changers is great. Yeah, I love that. You know, he has a really good podcast too, I started listening to. Mm. Um, oh, and I liked um, the from a Salesforce, Mark Benioff, Behind the Cloud. The Untold Story of Salesforce.com. That was really interesting. I think we should go ahead and start a book club after this. You know, I do have a book club, by the way. <laughs> oh, I mean, plug it. Okay. We have a book club on Athenium Collective. We just read What If I Say the Wrong Thing? 25 Habits for Culturally Effective People. And this month we are reading uh, So You Want to Talk About Race or How Do I Talk About Race? Nice. Um, so one of the things we're really trying to uh, promote and discuss is how to be anti-racist. And really, I think, especially in marketing, media, and advertising, we need to be thinking about things like this. We need to 
um, really as individuals understand it goes back to what do we think like really understanding your own thoughts and your own behaviors and then finding ways to create action so that we can have a world mm-hmm. that is more inclusive yeah yeah i'm glad you brought that up that, that brings me to another question which is you know of course you you, you have been around <clears throat> since internet started and you got to see advertising as a whole kind of evolve into what it is now um in terms of diversity like i know there has been a push in the past you know in the past few years about like there was pushes for diversity and that kind of fizzled out a little bit and you know there's been a resurgence of it does this does this one feel different to you and are you you optimistic about it yes i am actually and i do feel like it feels very different i feel like you know i've been a part of town halls i've been a part of conversations i you know follow a diverse group of people and i think it feels like and even from the my own friends from my son from his college that more people are talking about their own behaviors their own you know, ways of communicating potentially or microaggressions or, you know, whatever it happens to be, there's a level of self-awareness. And with self-awareness, that's how you can begin change. If people weren't willing to spend any time understanding their own biases, nothing's going to change. But I feel like a lot of people are and enough people are and enough people care, then I think we're going to see bigger changes. Um, and I feel like the conversations that I've been a part of, and again, I mean, I we live in Los Angeles, we live in California, I don't know about the rest of the United States, but I feel like here, and especially when I look at our industry advertising, there are some really fantastic work being done and really good conversations being hap- happening. And when I look at the ad agencies in, in Los Angeles, and I would imagine their counterparts in other parts of the states, I feel like there is definitely work being done. Um, um, and actions being taken so that we can make a difference. Definitely. So I know we're, we're coming to the end of it. Um, just a couple more questions. Um, this one being, um, you know, knowing knowing all that you know now from from your experience, if you could go back in time and, and talk to your UC Santa Barbara college self, knowing all that you know now, you know, what advice would you give yourself? Probably drink less. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved UCSB. It was a great college. Um, I think... You know, it's so funny. When I look back in college, I feel like college is that point in life where you feel like you can do anything. You're learning. Everything is in front of you. And I feel like what I would say to myself isn't in the college. It's that point between when you graduate. It's almost like the the 20s and maybe early 30s. That's the point where you really have to keep your confidence because those I thought were the harder years. Those were the years where, you know, you, you're working for the first time, you're, you're not sure how to navigate, you've got that imposter syndrome, you take things personally, you, you know, you worry so much more, because it's all kind of new to you is there that I would have wished that I had known what I know today about being able to understand my the stories that I tell myself and my own thoughts because you know something can happen and I can create a story around it but that's just what I think that isn't necessarily what that other person thought or uh, or what other people around me think like if I had known what I know today I think I would have had a totally different mindset in that early part of my career yeah any advice for students who are looking to get into media sales 
Um, you know, are there any type of, you know, you think like personal traits or personal characteristics that a person who succeeds in, in media sales um, should have? I think you have to have the sort of personality that is, it depends. There's different parts of even in media sales, you know, there's, they have, there's a lot of different, but so let's just talk sales. Mm-hmm. So anyone who wants to be in sales, I think really needs to have a personality that's an extrovert that like that feeds off of the energy of other people, very solutions oriented. You have to be somebody who can listen to what somebody's saying and to kind of deduce from that. What is the solution that I have for them? And do I have the solution? Sometimes you may not. And so, you know, you're going to have to figure out how to, uh, you know, create a relationship with somebody that you are somebody that they trust that go to over and over again. And that's a very sort of specific personality, but it's such a great career. I really, I'm so glad I got into ad sales. I really, really liked it. And I don't think people always think about that as a job. And I think sometimes people in college are even aware that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lisa, how can listeners get in touch with you if they're Again, follow me, um, you know, please feel free if you want to, you know, reach, send me a private message in Instagram, um, join our IG lives, uh, and again, check out atheniumcollective.com and, uh, yeah, send us a note if there's courses that, and things that you want to learn, you know, we're always looking to find out what are some of the skills that, you know, and things that you wish that you had learned that were more practical that maybe you're not learning in school? Definitely. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was really, it was really fun. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you want to keep up with us outside of these podcasts, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's at Academics, A-D-C-A-D-E-M-I-C-S. And you can follow me personally. My handle on all social platforms is at Justin D. Barnett. You can also email academicspodcast at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. Thank you. Class dismissed.